War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hey, what's going on, my friends? Allow me to welcome you to episode 14 of Let's Talk Video Games. My name is Walter Nunez, and I'm your host on this show. Today, we'll be talking about Left 4 Dead uh, 2 that's going to get a free DLC. Now, you might think that an 8-year-old game is a goner, but a new DLC for Left 4 Dead 2 says otherwise. We will talk about this new content for this classic PC game later on. We'll also be talking about uh, Animal Crossing's New Horizons Halloween update. We are getting next week this new update for the game, and, well, obviously it's going to be Halloween-themed, and we'll have some new interesting things added. Then we'll be talking about uh, Night City Wire Episode 3 that we saw last Friday, so, uh, I believe this is the last one, the last uh, Night City Wire show, um, before the, the release date, that's uh, November 19, for Cyberpunk 2077. And lastly, we'll be talking about the big thing this week, that's Microsoft buying Cinemax Media. This announcement was the news of the week, because Microsoft will now have, as part of their studios, ID Software, Arkin Studios and Bethesda, and some other companies. So, without further ado, let's begin. And we'll begin with uh, some less um, big stuff, you know? Let's start with Left 4 Dead 2, which, um, I don't know, I, 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 like pretty much everyone else, thought Left 4 Dead 2 was done. I mean, the game is fun with friends, even today, but it's an 8-year-old game. And we know both have stopped uh, creating content for it. But then, out of nowhere, we got this free new DLC announced. And it's called The Last Stand. It includes 20 survival maps, 4 exploration ones, and a campaign based on the lighthouse map. We will also be getting new unused voice lines, new weapons, animations, and some PvP changes. So the thing is that this update was created by members of the community with the help of some Valve uh, developers. So it's a game from the community to the community, quite literally. The update was released yesterday for free, as said before. So if you have some friends you like to play with, just try this DLC out. You don't need, at least uh, for this weekend, to own Lyft for the 2 because it is free um, so you can test this new DLC all weekend long. So just run right into it. It's really, it's a really good thing. It was, it was really fun. Honestly, I had, I had a good time when I played it. Uh, now, um, Animal Crossing New Horizons. As we hoped and expected, we are getting a new, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons Halloween update that will be arriving on September 30. So why on early October? Well, because you will need to prepare for trick-or-treating on October 31st. During this month, you will be able to buy candies from the store, 
plant some pumpkins that will help you on your spooky crafting. Uh, you will be able to get some new nice outfits and some face paint to get real serious about your costume. I do wonder if there are uh, some uh, DIYs of the, you know, like themed on the Day of the Dead. I, I hope so. It's a really cool thing. And it's almost on the same uh, time frame that, that, um, that Halloween. So anyway, um, I think it looks... Like a nice way, you know, to spend your month while playing um, Animal Crossing. But I do have a question for everyone. Like, anyone else is kind of, like, fed up with Animal Crossing? Like, for me, it just feels like like doing chores uh, more than it being an enjoyable, like, super enjoyable experience. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it's cute and all, but I don't know. I think it just happens uh eventually when you are um like you have a creative block maybe if you're you know trying to tune your island or whatever or you just finished and you are happy with uh how your island is looking i don't know what else can you do you can just like um probably grind for um i don't know uh, materials you could try and fish all day or catch bugs, but ultimately it's it eventually gets boring. It's repetitive, um, very, very repetitive. It was great at first, but again, when, when you are so advanced in the game, when you were so invested in the first place in, in Animal Crossing New Horizons, you eventually face this um, block that I think is kind of um, um, preventing you from enjoying the game as you once did. Uh, however, I am very grateful for these updates. You know, we got the autumn update that had, I believe, the... Um, I think it was the... No, the summer one? I can't remember. But there was uh, the one with the sea thing that was cool. But And, and I hope this Halloween one sounds... Um, it really sounds good um cool but uh what where was that um but anyway i don't know i i'm just kind of fed up with uh, animal crossing so um just don't listen to me ranting um i like the game but i wish i had more fun with it but whatever whatever we are getting now to um night city wire episode three so again last friday we got a new episode of night city wire um this is a show where CD Projekt Red talks about their upcoming game, Cyberpunk 2077. This time, the show started talking about the creation of Night City, you know, how it came to be. So, in case you didn't know, it is um, Night City is based on the Night City from the tabletop game of Mike Pondsmith. As such, they are using lore from there as a starting point. It is known that Night City is a coastal place, more specifically on the Californian coast. That sets um, the climate and the organic life, you know? And the thing is that inside uh, Night City, there are districts, and each of them is very, very unique. So unique, in fact, that without looking at the map and just by, you know, the buildings that surround you, you will have a pretty good idea of where you are standing. And that is an impressive fit because not only you need to create uh, 
um, the, this uniqueness in districts, which is fairly easy, but you also need uh, to make them based on a common thing. They need to merge somehow. Uh, well, anyway, uh, they also talked about how the city is structured. Contrary to pretty much any game, the city is not a chessboard. That means that the design is uh, very intricate and definitely not squared. We will be seeing buildings on top of each other, buildings um, expanding horizontally too, and the the whole thing, the whole structure of um, these buildings and the city and the districts is going to be very, very important and will add to uh, the general world building of the game. And talking about this world building, I think uh, we should talk about the next thing that was um, on the Night City Wire, which was the gangs of Night City. These gangs will have a great impact in um, the game because they, um, they impact the in-game society you know how the how the city actually works. Some gangs control certain areas, so understanding them provides useful information for your environment. The first gang we saw is the Maelstrom Gang. This gang is obsessed with augmenting themselves. They try to be as much machine as they can, and they are pretty much crazy. They are kind of depicted. They they kind of resemble like a um cyborg clown so i think you can get like the idea they are uh, aiming to uh the other gang is the valentinos as you can imagine this gang is based on mexican gangs they follow santa madre and they are bound by centuries old traditions things like honor justice and brotherhood are taken very seriously the sixth street is another gang they are very very patriotic they also take the Second Amendment very seriously. They work based on the idea that they are a kind of police. The next gang is special because apparently they are kind of thought as a myth and they are the Voodoo Boys. They are in Pacifica and had, you know, they made Pacifica like kind of Haiti 2.0. They break every rule breakable and program viruses that can freeze neural networks. The animals are kind of in conflict now with um, the Voodoo Boys, and they are kind of too like the counterpart of the Maelstrom Gang. They try to become as strong as possible with the less, uh, with the least use of mechanical parts. They use, for instance, uh, horse growth hormones to augment themselves. You know, um, obviously that creates um, some interesting physiques. Um, they are big as fuck, and they are jacked. The Tiger Claws are a Japanese gang. While they have uh, some mechanical augmentation, they do prefer martial arts and traditional Japanese weapons. The Tiger Claws created another gang because, um, you know, they, they crossed the line with the amount of killing they were doing. They um, generated the Moxes which is a gang of girls, pimps, and outcasts. Because they are considered freaks by society, they really, really uh, have each other's backs. And those are um, the gangs inside Night City. However, there are other gangs in the outskirts. One of those gangs are the Wraiths. 
They are one of the two uh, prominent gangs in the Badlands. Because of that, they tend to get a lot, you know, in trouble between them and the other gang. But um, let's say the raids are the most aggressive ones. Uh, the other gang is called the Aldecaldos, which uh, which is very funny. It's it, The name's funny uh, because caldo means soup in Spanish. So weird name, but whatever. Um, they, again, they, they fight with the raids a lot, but they tend to be more open to negotiation. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much all the gangs that we saw, and, or, or they are at least. Um, so the, the, the question obviously was, can we join a gang? And well, no, no, sadly we can't, but there is a reason uh, for why we can't do that. Our character is a merc. Um, they are a very distinctive group in Night City because they get jobs from pretty much everybody. They work for anyone who pays the money, but like to keep, you know, they, they like to to stay kind of away of a specific kind of group or ideology. So they don't feel a lot in a gang and gangs wouldn't like trust a merc either. Because of this, we are going to be sticking um, uh, to the Afterlife, which is a legendary group of mercenaries. They get the best jobs, best money, and best clients. However, we will be able to get some vehicles, weapons, and clothing from each gang. I suppose you'll do that by, you know, working some uh, jobs for them. Now, um... That was pretty much we all we saw from this Night City Wire. We saw also some uh, system requirements for PC that are very, very relaxed. I was really um, surprised by that. I'll, I guess any uh, decent gaming PC can run um, Cyberpunk 2077. So uh, you can check that out. Uh, try to save your PC. Uh, runs that because that's a really good game and uh, it's going to be released on November 19 and mark my words this game is game of the year material and that that takes us to the last topic of the day which is Microsoft buying Cinemax Media out of nowhere Microsoft announced that they will be buying Cinemax Media for 7.5 billion dollars this again was a complete surprise not only because of the exorbitant amount of money paid but because cinemax media has some very strong game development companies so check this out with this move xbox is now acquiring alpha dog which is a company focused on ios and android games they, they tend to work closely with bethesda for their games on, on mobile devices. Xbox get, is also getting Roundhouse Studios 2, who is uh, working on an undisclosed project. Tango Gameworks, the studio behind the Evil Within franchise, you know, this uh, franchise that was really acclaimed for uh, really uh, well usage of the survival horror uh, genre, is also going to be added. Uh, also, Arcane Studios, who are the creators of Dishonored and Prey, ID Software, who are working on Doom, 
um, Cinemax Studios, who are working uh, on the Elder Scrolls Online, Machine Games, uh, who develop the Wolfenstein franchise, and Bethesda, who uh, develops the Elder Scrolls franchise and Fallout. So, uh, it's clear that Bethesda is like the highlight of the acquisition, but the other studios have some really important games on their repertoire. So, um, I guess there are questions uh, generated by, by this move, right? Like, are all of these companies' games going to be Xbox exclusives now? Are they going to be on Game Pass? And obviously, isn't this like a monopolistic move for Microsoft? So um, let me let me bring light to this issue. So um, first of all, let's talk about the potential exclusivity. Phil Spencer, the head of Xbox, actually addressed this topic. Apparently, new, not announced, not yet announced games um, are going to be um, analyzed on a case by case basis. Uh, some might be Xbox exclusives and some might go uh, or be able to go to other consoles. Uh, that's obviously Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 5. However, games like Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, which are already um, PlayStation 5 temporary exclusives, are not going to change. They will remain as they are, as these uh, temporary exclusives. Phil was uh, really clear on something. He said that he that, that Xbox is not trying to disrupt the way Cinemax has been working. They're just trying to get them to the next level. They are um, trying to collaborate rather than interfere. They are investing money and are they, they want to get like kind of a special treatment. But overall, things will work the same way. And I don't know. Just, ah, I think it's funny, you know? I would laugh a lot if uh, we get a new, I don't know, let's say a Fallout game on PlayStation 5 and the interest said something like an Xbox Studio video game. That would be really funny. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, anyway, this specific thing of the special treatment takes me to uh, Game Pass. And it wouldn't make much sense to get all of these development companies if Xbox is not getting an extra benefit uh, off of it. So with that in mind, Phil also said that the focus of the Xbox team is to bring the main games from Cinemax to uh, Game Pass on release date, which is huge. They are clearly trying to get people into their subscription service. However, not all games will come at the same time to PC's Game Pass. For instance, Doom Eternal is going is going to um, be available on Game Pass on October 1st, but only for Xbox One. PC players will need to wait for an unannounced 2020 date for it to be available. As we can see, the time difference between Xboxes and games and PCs uh, Game Pass releases are not too bad. Like the time frame is not too bad but it can be significant for fans of a franchise. And overall, I think I, I, I'm very happy with this decision, honestly. I haven't um, invested, for example, on Doom Eternal. I always wanted to play it, you know. Now we have the chance without spending, you know, the whole $60. Uh, 
and having many more games coming on release date is a very strong card for Xbox. And now the last question, what about, you know, the, the monopolistic move? Well, according to David Hope, a lawyer from a media and tech-focused firm, this is considered as a vertical integration. In contrast, Disney's acquisition of Fox is horizontal. So what the hell does that mean? Okay, um, in a nutshell, vertical integration happens when a distributor buys a content producer. Well, this could present a problem to uh, anti-monopolistic regulators, it is a lesser one. This is because there are a lot of other independent competitors. So, is it monopolistic? It can be if there are, you know, if they are not other competitors. But in this case, they are. So, um, yeah, in this specific case, no, no, it's not monopolistic. Um, you know, before before going, I would like to talk about just a bit about the actual price paid uh, for Cinemax. Uh, as I said before, it's $7.5 billion. And I was really surprised by this amount of money because it's almost uh, three times what PlayStation made last year. And it's also $3 billion more than what Disney paid for Star Wars and almost half the amount of money Disney has made from all Marvel films. So I, I'm comparing it like this in order to give you like an idea of how crazy uh, this, this prize was, like how exorbitant the amount of money was. However, uh, you know, Microsoft is uh, anything but stupid. They are clearly seeing this investment as one that will give them back more money than those $7.5 billion. During this pandemic, the video game industry has obtained a surge of players, and sales are going through the roof. If there is a moment to release a game, it is during a time where everyone is at home. And I imagine that the fact that a lot of people are going to stay at home for a while, and some new players are now hooked to video games, um, adding these titles from Cinemax uh, Media makes this... Um, Move by Microsoft, a smart one. Doom, since its soft reboot in 2016, has been praised a lot, a lot. But we also got some new franchises and not-so-new franchises, like Wolfenstein, Dishonored, Prey, almost uh, any game by Bethesda, and that includes Fallout, we got The Evil Within, we got some really interesting, um, you know, IPs that work perfectly on this um, idea that Xbox is trying to create more and more content, quality content, you know? Uh, I think, like, I think what I'm trying to say uh, is that Microsoft is looking to really invest in its video game um, section of the company because they are seeing, finally seeing, that there is a good money uh, to be made Uh, when things are done right. And that that would be all for today. Uh, thanks, Thank you all for tuning in tonight. Remember that you can keep track of the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And we also got a Steam group. I, everything is on the description, every link, so you can't miss it. Before leaving, I do want to give you two announcements. The first one is that 
Rocket League is free on the Epic Games Store right now. But that is not all, because if you add the game to your library, you will be getting a $10 coupon that you can use for other games. So that's a free game and a $10 coupon. So that's that's a pretty good deal. Just go for it. Even if you will not play Rocket League, I don't play Rocket League anymore because I suck. But um, I added it to my library for the $10 discount. Um, the second announcement is one that I'm really, really excited about. Um, on Monday, there will be a special uh, new episode of the podcast where I interview Max LL, the composer of the original soundtrack for Spirit Ferrer. That was a it was a really thrilling experience. I liked um, the game a lot, and the interview I think went um, very very good because we talked about how how the process of making music for a game. Uh, specifically for maybe Spirit Fair, how things happened and how things um, uh, took place in order to create this amazing soundtrack. So, um, you know, that that's going to be released on Monday. And until then, I just gotta say, stay safe. Cheers.